world has gone insane. Cosplayers rule the conventions, gamers dominate the tabletop, and the internet. Sci-fi subjugates the movies, and fantasy rules the bookstore with an iron fist. Only one group can bring order to this unruly mob. A team of uber geeks, masters of the nerdly arts, trained for decades in the hobby shops and basements of the nation. Mobilized by the secret masters, they are the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Hello and welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I'm your host, Rob, here with my co-host, Don. Hey, there we go. There he is, as usual. And today we're joined by our special guest, our friend, Chad. How you doing, Chad? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. So, our, Chad, are you ready to talk about giant monsters? Am I ever? <laughs> well, okay. It sounds like you're kind of familiar with the whole idea of giant monsters. Well, I mean, it's, it is my bread and butter, after all. It's probably, like, my favorite... Uh, I guess, geek thing that exists out there. Well, then it's good we have you on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, it's good timing. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out perfectly. It's almost like we planned it. I was going to, yeah, really weird, eh? It's rather this than the Harry Potter one that you're going to do eventually, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, I'm, uh, (laughs) yeah, sure, sure, Chad, sure. Well, didn't you say to me (laughs) you're going to change this to the Harry Potter podcast after a certain point? Well, we we were thinking of changing it to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well the muggles cast i think has a nice ring to it oh although i suspect someone's probably already taken it anyway i i suspect several people are probably taking that probably they're fighting over it involve and it involves wands and brooms no actual magic of course <laughs> just wands and brooms <laughs> all right so so i tonight's podcast is going to be a little more structured than we usually do. I have a series of questions that I'm going to kind of round table and the three of us are going to discuss. I figured this would keep us a little more focused, especially considering we're talking about a subject that's so near and dear to all three of our hearts. So since Chad, uh, you're our guest, I'm going to let you start first. So Chad, what was the movie that made you fall in love with Giant Monsters? Hmm. It's a tricky question, uh, mostly because I can't cite a specific one. Um, Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I was nuts about dinosaurs and the giant monster Mm -hmm. stuff just sort of slid into it. Like it just kind of got mixed up in the, in the whole. Well, yeah, uh, I I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So I can't, yeah, I can't pinpoint, like I can remember certain films obviously having a lot of resonance. Like I remember Mm -hmm. watching the original King Kong and stuff like that and thinking that was great, but I can't point to one where I was like, this is the definitive film that switched it over because it wasn't a switch. Right, there was no just, it was just a gradual evolution in your case. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it just was like a big sort of hodgepodge that all just took place at the same time, right? Huh, well, no, that makes sense, especially when you think about the way kids' brains work and everything, I guess. Um, So how about you, Don? What was the movie that made you fall in love with Giant Monsters? It's funny, I go, I kind of hit the same destination as Chad, but the opposite way, because I like monsters and dinosaurs kind of fell into that. Okay. Um... I don't remember what what the the earliest one was, but when I was about two or three, I very distinctly remember seeing the original Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when they killed him, spoiler alert for a mm-hmm. what would that be like sixty seven year old movie? 
Um, more than that. I remember when he they killed him at the end, I cried for weeks. Really? Yeah, I, I, I remember that very, very clearly. Well, the nice thing is that he even though he dies in the first film, he gets better. Well, yeah, but I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, you, you remember that from when you were like two or three years old? It was really traumatic for me, yeah. Wow, because my first giant monster movie that I remember was, a, I was around seven. And I remember seeing... Oh, Chad, help me out here. The movie where Gamera gets like impre- raped and impregnated by another monster. Which one is that? That's Gamera versus Jigger. Okay, Gamera versus Jigger, which just sounds kind of icky just to begin with, if you think about it. But okay, so uh, it, it's basically an excuse to have Gamera meets the, uh, was that the Incredible Voyage, is it? Yeah. Yeah, nope. yeah. Yeah, it's, that's pretty much what, with kids, of course, and they're like tiny kid submarine. Um, but anyway, so that's the first one I remember seeing pieces of, but I'd say the first one that made me actually fall in love with Giant Monster is probably somewhat similar to Dawn, is the original Godzilla. I remember seeing that when I was around seven, and it, yeah, it blew my young mind, because like Dawn, I actually loved monsters. I loved the whole idea of monsters, and then seeing that movie really gelled it all. I'm Again, I'm like Dawn, where my interest in dinosaurs came about as my from my love for giant monsters not the other way around oh i see yeah i i I think for me it was dinosaurs first and they just sort of parlayed into that um if you look at like really old japanese films anyway with a lot of the kaiju films they just treat their monsters as oh yeah they're just reawakened prehistoric monsters yeah pretty much you know we're, we're i guess we're technically wandering around millions of years ago yeah in theory there were lots of mothras and rodans and such once upon a time Right. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Well, technically, I think I think I think that takes place in the uh, in the kaiju zoic era. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the kaiju zoic era. There's a good. I'm surprised no one's used that one actually, Chad. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> okay, I called dibs on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. You got it. You got it. So, Chad, what do you think makes giant monster movies so popular? Then, like, um, why do well, they? You know what? It that depends on what you're who you're asking in terms of culture because mm-hmm. I think I think that genre is you'd get a different answer uh, from say like a Japanese audience than you would an American audience mm-hmm. because they're two almost different flavors even right. though they both feature big rampaging things running around knocking buildings down there uh, there's a different flavor with each one okay but there's definitely an international appeal that kind of goes with a human psyche kind of thing isn't there. I would, yeah, there is, but what I guess what I'm getting at is that in in Japanese culture, like their mythology has giant monsters in it. Mm, true. You know, I, you can cite like a half dozen of these giant things that you know. It's just I think it's almost like a weird extension of that. Mm-hmm. We don't kind of have that the same degree with our mythology. Like the closest thing you'd get to that mm-hmm. would be like say Norse mythology. They got some giant stuff in there. Right. Well, we've got uh, dragons. Yeah. I mean, dragons yeah, are kind of universal. Well, except the funny thing is the idea of dragons being enormous is something that only happened in later pop culture. If you look at old, um, like medieval portrayals of dragons, they're not big. They're about the size of a horse, uh, uh, you know, or so. Yeah. Hmm. It's only later on that they get kind of blown up to become, you know, more intimidating. That makes sense, actually, because I'm thinking back to, was it Sir George and the Dragon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dragon's the size of a sheep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I was disappointed when I found that I was a kid. It's like, that dragon's only the size of a sheep. That's not very scary. <laughs> Dude's just beating <laughs> on an alligator. 
Well, it's a sheep that can rip your face off. An okay, fine. <laughs> it has a long neck. But... Mm-hmm. Sorry, Don, well, what the... were you going to say? Oh, well, we, we do have uh, a tradition of, like, giant monsters. Because if you think uh, people used to think they were seeing sea serpents and stuff. Oh, that's true. Yes, that's that true. Is... That's true. And then back in the Bible, they mentioned Behemoth and Leviathan, which are big giant monsters. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. That's true. Yeah. Giant monsters are actually biblical. Think about that. Mm. Mm-hmm. They go back further because Gilgamesh was uh, what was it the uh, the bull of heaven that Gilgamesh kills and then that's why the gods mm-hmm. want revenge on him and and all that that was supposed to be a big giant kind of monster bull. Yeah, like you see a lot of it in like um, like a lot of other cultures. Like Greek mythology has like a a ton of it. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, like I said, a lot of Asian uh, mythology. They have them too, but it's funny because when you get into the sort of European stuff, it it slows down a little bit. Yeah, you'll get like mm-hmm. say in Nor in uh, Norwegian mythology, you'll get like giant trolls, but they're not that common. It's mostly yeah, most of them. You're are, you're right, except for the Norwegian trolls. Most European stuff is pretty human sized for the most part. And even the Norwegian trolls, the giant ones, they'll mention it, but you don't see a lot of it in their stories. You'll yeah. see it here and there, but not not to the degree that. Like it's ingrained kind of in there, you know what I mean? It's more about people relating to them on a one to one level. They were something that existed on the outskirts, and most people, of course, hadn't really encountered one of these things because, well, spoiler, they don't exist. So <laughs> therefore, I think they they were included in like legends of far off places, so to speak, or corners of the realm, as opposed to something that we'd find in the middle of the realm. Yeah. No, actually, they were pretty ingrained in their culture. Like it was almost. Oh. It, I think it's one of those things that's like a lot of mythology with monsters, or it's they're more uh, there to you know being a a good church going citizen. Hmm. So you don't go into the woods at night, or because hmm. remember, if you remember, in the, if you know anything about their actual mythology, like trolls avoid churches. Yeah, that's right. They do. Yeah. You know. So. It's about and apparently, the, power the, lines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you go by that uh, Troll Hunter movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the ancient power lines, that's how they kept them under control. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, there's a weird one. Would you consider Troll Hunter probably the best European giant monster movie? Hmm. Uh, of the ones I've seen, there might be ones we're not sure of, but yes, it's a great, I love that film. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, the only thing I could think of that, no, I mean, there's Gorgo. And of course, there's Reptilicus, which I'm sure will come up later. Um, and uh, was there any other European giant monster movies besides them and Troll Hunter? Conga. Well, oh, there was, was also your... um, Reptilicus. Yay. Reptilicus. Yep. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yep, yeah. mine too. <laughs> and uh, I think that's kind of it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, there aren't a lot. Well, one of the problems with the genre is that there, it, it unfortunately, in a lot of cases, is inherently expensive, which is why you don't see a lot of it. You mm. know, when when you have a uh, you know like a foreign film company that you know doesn't have millions and millions and millions of dollars to play around with, they just don't make them. Or yeah, they, yeah. Or they do, but they're just not that good. I.e. reptilian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or my favorite of uh, the western. Uh, cheesy giant monster movies the giant claw mm. mm-hmm. is that the one that uh, culminates in the yep, giant crab that just sort of sits there oh <laughs> no it's the one with the giant like uh wooden oh marionette. sorry i no i'm sorry you're right i just got i got my wires crossed i was referring to a movie called island i think it was called island claw 
Okay. Oh, okay. And, and there's a it's a giant crab at the end. It just sort of stands there, and someone pokes it in the eye and kills it. Okay. So. Sorry, the giant so it's attacking claw. people yeah. throughout the movie or something. No, it, it was it was part of that whole uh, nature gone amok genre that was kind of big in the late sixties and seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of like a one-off entry in there, and it was forgettable. But no, uh, whereas Giant Claw, <laughs> sorry, that ain't forgettable. That that thing's fantastic. It, it is, especially if you uh, – because I know the story with that was um, mm-hmm. the company that was supposed to make the actual monster prop sublet that to a company that did, like, kid shows. And that's why last minute they get this monster, and it's just, just horrible. Marionette. Like, you can tell. It looks like the host from a kid show kind of thing. Well, it was sent to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I heard. And and it's funny because the rest of the movie is like really serious and fairly well done. It's not a great movie, but the cinematography is not bad. They do a decent bit of setting things up. Uh, some of the sets, like when they find the print, it's crushed like half a house and it actually looks really good. And then the monster itself shows up <laughs> and it's like they spliced it in from a totally different movie. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a weird story yep. which it wouldn't surprise me if this was true that even the actors themselves didn't know what this thing looked like until they went to the premiere. Yeah, and one of the actors, I think it might have been the head actor, like pretty, pretty within about 15 minutes of that thing showing up, like just left and went to a nearby <laughs> bar and got hammered. Right. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> Although it's funny because people cite that thing. Uh, if you've seen that when you were really young, that thing is mm-hmm. actually kind of creepy. Yeah, the, the weird. It is antimatter bird. It's got these kind of weird googly eyes and big teeth, and it's there's just something unsettling about it. I don't think it was intentional. It's just it's because it's a bad design, right? Mm, but. Yeah, I think that's one of those movies that is almost screaming for someone to go back and actually fill in the special effects sequences with something that looks half decent. I think that I would suppose. almost be a worthwhile project. But you know what's funny though? It's because it's so terrible looking. Is what sort of. Uh, sets it into the people's psyche. Is, yeah, is, that's you know what true. I mean? Like if it was kind of standard you look and you might forget about it. Mm, that's true. It's it's not a great story. It's not it's okay acted. Yeah, okay. I see your point. Like there's certain monster like giant monster movies that are so oddball that it's what makes them it's their oddness is what makes them like memorable. Yeah. Mm. You know, um otherwise if you were, you know, it's just yeah, like they're your standardy stuff. You kind of forget about it. Like everyone, it's a good movie, but like, for example, um, 20 Million Miles to Earth, which was that one Harryhausen movie mm-hmm. where they bring back a, a Venusian oh, that once right, it yeah. gets into our atmosphere, it gets really, really big. And it's a great little movie, but a lot of people don't sort of remember it. Like yeah. it's good, but it's it's just sort of forgettable. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, there's another European giant monster movie we forgot about. Mm-hmm. That's another classic. Which okay, one? so actually we should go... Sorry, sorry, Rob, what, what, which one was... Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, which were you just referring to just now? Oh, uh, t- the 20 Million Miles to Earth. That's another example of a European giant monster movie we forgot about. No, 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 that's American. It just happens to take place in Rome. Really? Is it American? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Harryhausen. Harryhausen oh, of did course. that thing. Yeah, but he worked for everybody back then, so... Well, no, they used to shoot stuff overseas because it was cheaper at the time. That's why, like, for example, uh, is it uh, Jason and the Argonauts is, I think, shot in Spain for the most part or something? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was cheap. But it's definitely a, a Hollywood film. Mm. Okay. Because I thought there were the two movies that were shot that are both about uh, Professor Equatormass or whatever. And I thought that was one of them. Yeah, there was that. There was... Uh... 
Because, there, no, there are three movies. And Quatermass is a British character. He's like kind of the proto-Doctor Who in a lot of ways. Yeah, because that was a TV show way back in the day. Right. And there are, I thought there were, you said there's three Quatermass movies? Yeah, three of the, the Quatermass movies. Yeah. But I can't remember what the other two were. Quatermass in the pit, and there was Quatermass and... Um, Hmm, okay. That's a good question, actually. Because <laughs> they're not they're not called that. They changed the names for the American ones. Because that's what I thought happened. I thought that twenty million miles to Earth or whatever that is, twenty whatever. I thought that was one of the Quatermass movies. That's just it's a British film, and that's the American title for it. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's not that. That's no. You might be confusing it with. Um, wasn't there a British blob movie that yeah, that's one was of them. about? Is that one of them? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't remember the name though. Okay, well, Bummer. we'll put it in the show notes. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'm actually going right online right now because now you got me. Uh, yeah, because now this is it. one of those tri- monster trivia things we have to get right. <laughs> if oh. is it the well, there's the Quatermass experiment according to this. Yeah, right. Uh, Quatermass was that's the f- and the pit. Yeah, Quatermass and the pit. Uh, was that one? When I was a kid, I always thought it was quartermass. I never yeah, realized there so was an R in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this the one about the blob, the the Quatermass experiment? Because I thought yes, it is. one of them. Yeah, I thought I thought the one with Ymir was one of the Quatermass movies. But okay, yeah. no, it isn't. It's uh, it's it's its own thing. Huh. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Oh hmm. well. Okay, so there are Quatermass movies, but none of them involve giant monsters, is what you're saying? Not well, except for the blob one. Yeah. Okay, and it's kind of the. It's kind of the British version of the blob, basically. It kind of is, yeah, actually. It's weird. <laughs> okay. Huh, interesting. Okay, we'll have to look that up sometime. All right, mm-hmm. so, okay, so back to what we were talking about then. Well, for Americans, what do you think makes giant monster movies so popular? Um, well, it depends on what area you're talking about. Yeah. Because I think for a time... Mm-hmm. They were kind of the the flavor of the month when back in the atomic era. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. So you know, it was an easy way to have like a big thing running around, and it was kind of like here's what happens when you screw around with radiation, right? Uh, right. It shifted from that. It sort of once that died off, that that whole kind of like you know um, atomic horror thing went away. Uh, it came back slightly with uh, when when uh, ecology gone amok films got popular. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you yes. see it. You see it come up with stuff like Food of the Gods and um, Island Claw. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then it kind of went away again. And now I would say, like, if it shows up, it's it's sort of taking. Um, it sort of jumps into either nostalgia. So, like for example, you see the Godzilla remakes because everyone knows who Godzilla is now, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before someone wants to remake it, but. Uh, you see it now, it's almost like part of a, 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 an effects bonanza. That's kind of what taps into it now, because you can do these... Well, not entirely. Remember, or... there's all those sci-fi original movies. Every second one <laughs> of them, you know, giant piranha versus Sharkdo Megapus or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's all cheapy straight-to-video stuff. And by the way, there's not much giant monsters in them. If you ever watch those things, yeah. they're... They're pretty. It, the monster stuff's pretty brief, just like the know. last Godzilla. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, someone did point out that what the original Godzilla, you only see him for like twelve minutes. Is it? It's something. Actually, a lot of the Godzilla films are like that. Oddly enough, they uh, 
He's not in them a lot. Yeah, but they're not eight hours long, and then we spend all the time with our quote-unquote hero and his kid. <laughs> oh, that, that's true. That made me sad. Well, I was going to say, which you pick your poison. You can have that, or you can spend three hours with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my only choices. <laughs> pick, pick your poison. Wow. But okay, well, okay, Don. How about you? What do you think makes giant monster movies so popular? At least for Americans, anyway. Well, I think Chad's hitting on something, and I think I know uh, what the missing component is because here they're not that popular. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of come and go, whereas like Japan, especially, there, there, there's always somebody's doing a giant monster something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because in Japan they tend to make the giant monster a character. Mm-hmm. Whereas here they're sort of a circumstance. Okay. Can you explain? Yeah, because Japan you'll get like Godzilla and Gamera and Red King and the Baltan, and here you get them and the beast from 20,000 Fathoms and the giant behemoth and the giant claw. Like they're not, they're, they don't have an identity other than it's some weird animal thing. Right. That's true. Well, the only American one that has an identity is really King Kong. Yeah. And even then, he's it was supposed to be a one-off. They just kept dragging out. Yeah. Zombie Kong. Franken Kong. Son of Kong. But Don's right. Like, there's, if you look at even how monsters are treated, uh, you compare it to, say, like an American giant monster versus a, a Japanese giant monster. The Japanese giant monsters are sort of treated as almost like, like natural things. Like, they're actual creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, not like an elephant. They're just really, really huge. And it's almost something that's that kind of transcends being like sort of a problem of the week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to describe what I'm getting at here, but it's like um an American giant monster is something that you can just kill once you figure out it's Achilles heel. Right. The Japanese ones, not so much. Uh they it's almost like trying to blow up a volcano or something, which is often interestingly why you see a lot of Japanese giant monster movies where they use a natural uh, disaster to get rid of them. Like they dump it in a volcano or something. Cause it's the only other thing that can sort of take it out is another. Right. Other know, nature. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. I mean, that's why you look at that film, destroy all monsters. You can't kill them. The best thing you can do is round them up and keep them in one spot. Mm. Hmm. And thought um, about that. And that's why you see that even reflected. Yeah. And you see it even reflected in um, that uh, 98 Godzilla film that was done by TriStar where, you know, Godzilla's this thing that you can just kill. You just It's just moving so fast until you get it in, the, in your crosshairs and kill it. Right. Right, yeah. so he's more of a nuisance. Like Beth and Roderick. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of like bigger than life kind of things over there, whereas they, it's just a different sort of, um, I guess, a, a different way of looking at them here. They're just, yeah, like they're kind of a... Some some something to be kind of conquered or, or killed, and then we just move on to the next thing, right? Mm. Okay, I can see that. I can see that um, they would definitely. Uh, there's definitely a different approach between the American one, where they're a monster, and the Japanese one, where they're a force of nature. Yeah, and that definitely makes sense. I would actually take a slightly different approach than either of you. All right, I actually think a little more psychologically. I actually tend to think of giant monsters as just being power fantasies. And I think that's one of the reasons why little kids, especially little boys, get into them so easily because they fit in the same mold as the Hulk does. 
or sometimes the werewolf or other um, representations of like male power fantasies and male destructive impulses kind of let amok, let loose. Hmm. We want hmm. to feel powerful and we're, we view the giant monsters as kind of our surrogates, you know, destroying the cities we'd love to do. <laughs> and I think that's why young boys especially take to them. At least that's my take on it anyway. And that's why it transcends culture. Okay. You know, I could totally see that, but I think uh, if you taught Japan, they have another caveat that mm-hmm. fleshes out your theory, which is why they have it a little more than us for the giant monsters. Well, yeah, the whole Hiroshima thing. Well, not just that, but I mean the idea of, of uh, the monster's power fantasy, mm-hmm. whereas we had superheroes, like you mentioned, the Hulk, they had Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Who fights giant monsters and is technically a giant monster himself. Yeah. Whereas we never had the uh, like the heroic giant monster, like it was, it was again always the the problem to be overcome. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I'd say the closest thing we had to that would have been um, you see it you see it sort of in uh, like in little bits. Uh, for example, oddly enough, in cartoon form was there was a a nineteen sixties. Uh, King Kong series oh. where he was kind of like the good monster. Yeah, mm. but that was yep. co- that was co-done with Japan too, though. So it was. It's true. That's very true. And then we also had the uh, the the animated TriStar Godzilla series, which kind of went back to uh, the heroic monster. Actually, yeah. there was also the Hanna Barbera Godzilla series too. Mm-hmm. And if you go back earlier, there was uh, I think it was Hanna Hanna Barbera did Moby Dick. Yeah, and you might even make the uh, argument that Frankenstein Junior was kind of the same idea. Wait, it was, but yeah. but he's also, but again, he's crossing a little bit into that superhero territory. Right? Yeah, pl- plus it's more of like a gigantor kind of thing. So, mm. uh, hold on a sec. There is a Hanna Barbera Moby Dick where the giant white whale is a good guy monster. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he hangs out with like two kids. You're kidding? No, <laughs> it's pretty short lived. That's probably why you never heard of it. Yeah, because it was it was part of one of those like adventure hour kind of things. Right. And it, but Moby Dick hangs out with human kids and, like, beats out, like, evil sea monsters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah basically. More or less. And pirates. Okay. I just want to make sure I understand this. And pirates. Of course pirates. Just like Godzilla battles cattle rustlers. Yeah. Uh, that's an obscure Godzilla reference. If anyone gets it, two points. And then they solve mysteries. I would have got yeah. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you kids and that whale <laughs> musical number whale on tambourine. <laughs> oh, the sixties. Oh yeah, I never remembers the scene where the werewolf chases the two kids and the whale, and they dress up like barbers to confuse them. <laughs> and, and nobody under like forty gets that joke. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty good. Actually, this ties into my next question I was going to toss out to you guys then. Do you think you could do a giant monster TV series and have it work? Could we do one? Don, you go first this time. Could we? Giant monster TV series. Is it doable? Oh, hell yeah. They've been doing it in Japan forever since Ultraman. Okay. I was thinking something a little more less episodic than Ultra Q, but you're right. Technically, yeah, Ultra Q has done yeah, it. Well, not just that, but again, every Ultraman series is about big giant monsters. Okay. So. But could you do a giant monster-based series? Mm, like here? 
Riding the Giant Superhero Series. Ah, uh, like, could we do one? Well, okay, I guess, yeah, there's a different question there, isn't it, whether we're talking Americans or Japanese. Yeah. But we actually did. I mean, technically, that, that TriStar Godzilla animated series was just that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, I guess I should I should narrow my parameters. Okay, a live-action one. We've done animated ones. Could we do a live-action one? Is it theoretically uh, possible? Well, yeah. I know there have been ideas bandied around in attempts, but... Has it actually ever been done, and could we do it? Have we ever? I don't think there's there's ever been been one like a Western one. Um, you know what? I would actually argue no, and the reason I say this is it actually has a lot to do with um, effects technique. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, over here, anything short of computer animation is considered you know beneath us, mm-hmm. right? Um, Ultraman, right, now, like Ultraman, you look at Ultraman, there's a current series running right now, I think, that just finished, and they're still mm-hmm. using guys in suits. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll, they'll actually integrate, you know, computer effects into it. But what yeah. I'm saying is, is that could you see a Western audience watching something like that? I just couldn't, right? right. Because their, their first inclination is to go, well, that's cheesy and stupid, mm. right? Because I think I remember hearing one, someone actually wanted to develop that movie Monsters, you know, the one about the, like, the monster zone in Mexico or whatever, that was Garth Edwards, I think. Yeah. Someone actually wanted to turn that into a TV series at one point. I don't, it never happened, obviously, or not that we know of anyway. So someone did try, or at least make some cursory attempt at it anyway. I think the closest thing we could get to of that sort of thing was, wasn't there that show Primeval, I think it was called, that had, like, Guys dealing with out-of-place um, prehistoric oh, animals. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there was. It ran for like four seasons, I think, in the yeah. UK. Yeah. And it was all, but again, it was all like CG effects and, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. I think, part of the problem is, is that to do it uh, where you get a lot of monster content is expensive. Yeah. If you mm. want it to look nice. And I think there's sort of a resistance to do anything other than CGI. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's that old school effect stuff we've gotten away from completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it'd be a tricky one, unless you're going to spend bazillions of dollars on it. And let's face it, a lot of producers aren't going to do that because they're it's too iffy. Yeah. Right. Whether they get their money back. Mm, okay, I would agree. I would. Agree. I, I just I mean, thought I'd toss that out mm-hmm. there. You could do it animated, and it's been done. Mm-hmm. I think that would be your best bet because now you're not as sort of um, shackled by uh, by budget. Yeah. Right, that's true. Actually, the Japanese did do it once. Do either of you know the name of the show? What, an animated giant monster show? No, they did a live-action one. They did a lot of live-action giant monster shows. Well, that's true. Okay, <laughs> there was one that was about just one giant monster. It wasn't Ultra Q. It was actually a whole series just about one monster. Hmm. Was that that weird um, something, the dragon? Oh, I can't remember. Yep, Aegon. Yeah, well, Aegon, the atomic dragon. Yeah. Right. That was only four episodes, though. It's only yeah. four? Yeah. You could kind of tell at the end, because they don't destroy him for good, that they sort of optioned it, that they could keep doing them if they wanted to, but they just, they only ever did four. Mm, okay. I mean, I can see the, it working as a, like a miniseries, kind of like four episodes or something like yeah. that, where it's really just kind of an extended movie, really, yeah. about, uh, you know, the build up and the characters dealing with like minor monsters or something, and eventually they have to face, you know, the big one at the end or something like that. Right. I could see that. Yeah, the, um, I mean, that's why the, 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 the Ultra Q thing is good. Oh, sorry, I keep talking right over top of you there. 
I was going to say that's, that's okay. why the ultra the ultra Q formula worked so well because it was like a different monster every week that they ran into and yeah, mm-hmm. you know sometimes two that's that would fight each other. But I I don't think he could do that here because I think here the tendency would be they'd want to focus more on the human characters. So mm. you get the monster and then you get the soap opera between the characters and one of their parents would be sick and they'd have to like do this and their little brother was like arrested and blah and it would you'd have this story that would take away from the monsters mm. well that's how they do everything now i mean if it doesn't matter whether it's a monster or an earthquake or a rock from outer space zombies any kind yeah. of disaster zombies yeah i mean that's the formula yeah. right and i i think for like giant monsters if you did that it would be the last godzilla movie every week and that would i know that would piss me off to no end <laughs> here's our new monster you get to see a foot for 30 seconds and then we're going to complain about our girlfriends oh my god make it stop well actually yeah, at the very yeah. least though like that tristar godzilla film was way worse for that where i think phil like until about halfway through it you never even see him you just see him rounding corners and crap yeah because he's like ninja he learned it from a tronosaurus and <laughs> i thought he learned it from a rat in the new york sewer <laughs> oh mm-hmm. No, he learned it back in like the Jurassic area era from a uh, Tyrannosaurus, how to be ninja and huge. <laughs> All right, so on to our next question. So, what are your top three giant monster films? So, Chad, what's your top three? Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say the original King Kong. Um, probably destroy mm-hmm. all monsters because it's just you can't go wrong with everything. All these monsters fighting each other, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, uh, probably the second Gamera movie of the mm-hmm. 90s films, the uh, Gamera versus Legion, which I love. I can see yeah. that. Okay, interesting. T- I, yeah, I, yeah, those all work. Those all kind of work for me too. All right, so Don, how about you? Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, I think for my top three, I'd have to go Reptilicus, <laughs> The X from Outer mm-hmm. Space, and... Yeah, either Destroy All Monsters or King Kong Escapes. Oh, King Kong Escapes is fantastic. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually managed to sit through really? it. I mean, I watched, yeah, I watched it in pieces, but I've never actually managed to sit through the damn thing. Or maybe I did as a kid and I'm blocking it out. <laughs> it's it, it's it's almost um, hits this sort of um, cheesy, campy... Uh, ape, like it's almost like a perfect storm of cheesy campiness. <laughs> yeah. Like it's unapologetic. It no. like, it's unapologetic in what it is. You know? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, <laughs> it's an extension of the King Kong cartoon, literally. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a live action version of it. So I guess yeah, King Kong Escapes is pretty high up there. That's true. Doc- oh, and huh. you and you also have the guy that does Boris Badenov's voice, <laughs> uh, providing the, the 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 voice for the uh, the main bad guy. So yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, evil Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. The evil Doctor Who. Yeah, you have to specify that. Even the even the ratty costume that that the, the Kong costume they use, which I swear to God, it's like a it's like a they someone they told someone who'd never seen a gorilla in their life. They sort of described it to him, and then he made the costume. Like it's it has this kind of awfulness that's just beautiful, mm. and yeah, it's 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 a great movie. Okay, Don, why do you like the extra matter space so much? I like the monster. Like, it's this weird thing okay. with a spaceship for a head. Like, I'm I'm all about the monster. I don't care about the stupid human parts. And I, I just want to see a weird monster. That's why I like Reptilicus, too, because it's not a very well-done mm-hmm. film. 
But right. the monster's weird. It's weird looking. It has weird powers. They film the shots of the monster really odd. And I just enjoy that. Yeah, I was going to say the monster's powers fluctuate depending on which version of the film you see. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, because it's. There's multiple versions of Reptilicus? Kind of, yeah. Are we talking different dubs here? What? Well, the, in the original Danish version, uh, it flies, but the flying shots were so terrible that in the American version, they took uh, those scenes out. Mm. And mm-hmm. replaced it with the thing spitting like acid spit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I've seen that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was not in the original movie. No. And the the flying scenes don't look any worse than the rest of the film, really. <laughs> so I don't know why they bothered to cut them. Oh, those just weren't good enough. They were too cheesy for the rest of the <laughs> no, film. No, they weren't. <laughs> it, it, yeah, really. If you've seen it, no, they weren't. <laughs> Okay, that, that that's interesting answers, Don. You know, I really did not expect those three films to be... Well, okay, I expected Destroy All Monsters yeah. because, of course, that's one of my top three, too. It is any giant monster fan. If Destroy All Monsters is not your one of your top three, you're not a real giant monster fan. That's just the way it works. Mm. Um, my other two would probably be Godzilla 1954, the original Godzilla, which I've always had a great love right. for. And I actually kind of have a tie for my third one. Okay. Um, my, I'm either the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which I've always been very, very fond of, or the original King Kong. My runner-up, probably number four, would be the same Gamera one as Chad. Yeah, because the the, the the Heisei Gamera ones are awesome, yeah. especially the second one. I agree. Yeah. And of course, I, that's the only Gamera film in my life I actually got to see on the big screen, thanks to Chad. And so I will love that movie forever. Hmm. It holds a yeah, special we, place uh, in my heart. We went and saw it at uh, a film festival. And uh, it's it's pretty fun to watch those movies when you have the right audience. And so, yeah, and everyone was really into the movie at that point, too, yeah. as well. Like, uh, And it's interesting that there were people going into it, like, clearly that were just going to laugh at the silly Japanese monster movie. But about, about halfway through mm-hmm. it, they were totally into it for reals. Mm-hmm. They just were enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they absolutely were. It was amazing. And my, I will never forget the line, clap if you love Gamera for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah, someone in the audience, like the audience was so into it, like, you know, when the gamer would like, you know, tear the monster, uh, the Legion monsters, like um, it had these kind of big pincers in the front, he tore them off. The audience just erupted <laughs> in, in, in clapping and applause, like they just got so into it. Yeah, so there's a scene where he has to, he kind of revives after being really hurt. And yeah, someone yelled out, clap if you love gamma. And the whole friggin' <laughs> theater just started clapping like crazy. Well, if I remember right, isn't that's the movie where he's getting the life energy from all the school children, yeah. right? Yep. E- everyone who loves him, their li- their love energy is going to him. So it really kind of works if you say clap if you love Gamera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like our version of Tinkerbell. <laughs> we got ripped mm-hmm. off. <laughs> y- exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Gamera is Tinkerbell. There we go. And of course, King Kong. They used to show King Kong every Thanksgiving. On uh, WAB forty three, yeah, our uh, the Cleveland station we could get here in Canada, right? And I used to love watch. I used to specifically watch King Kong every Thanksgiving because they showed it every year, right? And so to me that was like my Thanksgiving tradition, American Thanksgiving, obviously, because we Canadians have a different yeah. one. And uh, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, yeah, I've just always been rather fond of it. I even enjoyed the remake, except they called it Godzilla, and that kind of sucked. <laughs> but except for that. <laughs> Okay, actually, so that leads into, although this is going to be a really weird one for Dawn, I guess, so we'll leave Dawn for last. Okay, so next question, 
Chad, what really awful giant monster movie do you have a soft spot for? You know it's absolutely awful, but for some reason it still touches your that little giant monster part of your heart. Um, hmm. Yeah, I was. You know, it's funny you sent me these questions ahead of time, and I was kind of racking this one in my brain. Um, you know what's weird is I'll actually cite uh, uh, Son of Godzilla. Really? Because I don't, I don't consider it one of the better Godzilla movies. No, um, but. It's one of the earliest ones I can remember, and I remember it, it sticking out in my brain as a kid because um, in the movie, uh, mm-hmm. they refer to Godzilla, like when they see him come ashore for the first time, they go, look, Godzilla's here, and you kind of go, wait, wait, they all know who he is? Like, Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of the other monster movies I had seen up until that point, it's something where you have to introduce the monster, and it's the first time everyone's seen it, and they're just treating it like, you know, oh, there he is. This, this thing that's always been around. So as a kid, I found that fascinating that there was this big monster that was roaming around on Earth that everyone knew about. And, you know, right. Um, it's just it was an odd context. And it just really stuck in my in my brain. Um, and I guess I guess it's tied with uh, Godzilla's Revenge, which is the, the clip show Ooh. movie. Yeah. But you get a lot of monster stuff in yeah. it. Let's face that's it. That's true. That's you know? true. Actually, the. Although if you're a true fan, you've seen every inch of that footage before you've seen Godzilla's Revenge, and that was my problem. Well, not the parts of Gabara. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it is Actually, weird. I, it, I was going to say it is mm-hmm. weird watching Godzilla, uh, you know, uh, change his suit every every three yeah. shots. <laughs> Actually, when I was a kid, and they announced, they said, "Oh, Gabara," and yet before they showed him, I thought they said Gamera. Uh-huh. And I like it blew my young mind because I thought, oh my god, I'm going to get to see Godzilla and Gamera in the same movie. <laughs> and then that cat monster thing shows up, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I feel ripped off. Oh, you know what? You know what's funny? You say that I had a similar thing like that with a film called The Monolith Monsters. Oh, oh right. Um, that was for anyone who's not a, uh, familiar with it. It's actually a very interesting idea, which is they accidentally bring back these rocks from outer space that. Uh, I think it's when they're exposed to water. Yeah, they grow. They, I think so, yeah. They grow enormously. We're talking like skyscraper size. And then they're like giant crystals. And then they, mm-hmm. and because of their weight gets so tremendous, they just fall forward and just destroy everything that they fall forward onto and then start the process all over again. So forever the point is, this is how they move. They literally just collapse and then spring up and collapse. And um, as a kid, yeah, yeah, I was like, It seems very yeah. simple, but it's kind of scary in a way. Very scary, and well, because you have something the size of a Chrysler building rising up and falling mm-hmm. forward constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a kid, I was like, the word monster threw me, because I'm like, okay, so there's monsters inside those rocks, and they never showed up. Right. Like, I was expecting something to come out, and it never did. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a double fake like that, Don? Uh, I must have, but I can't think of, uh, I can't think of any offhand. Um, how about Godzilla versus the Thing? How about that one? No, because I think, um, like I said, I was really, really, really young when I saw most of those, and mm-hmm. like this is before kindergarten, before I started school. So at that age, you didn't come in with a lot of preconceptions. Like, well, also Godzilla versus the Thing to have that um, preconception, you would have had to see the poster. Yeah. Which I never saw the poster. I just saw the movie, and it's like, okay, it's Mothra. Yeah, right. But I remember the advertisements leading up to it, though, saying Godzilla versus the Thing. I'm like, oh, what could the mm-hmm. Thing be? 
Mm. You know, it's so like Godzilla, you know, Mothra shows up in the movie. You're like, oh, so maybe he teams up with Mothra to fight the thing. <laughs> yeah, because the, po- the posters, <laughs> you just see it behind this. It's too horrible sign, and it looks like a mm-hmm. tentacle tree monster or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It looks actually scary and bizarre and everything in the poster. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so Don, what really awful giant monster movie do you have a soft spot for then? Given the ones you've said so far. (laughs) I don't think you've said yours yet. Oh, um, mine is actually, and this just suddenly hit me, is my actual first Godzilla movie. Okay. It was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. I even saw it before 1954. Godzilla vs. Megalon. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that will always have a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> it's not a good movie. I will never claim it is, but it is a fun movie. Yeah. And I do love that film on some levels. <laughs> Every time I see it now, though, I think of the Mystery Science Theater version of the uh, J- Jaguar theme. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's the perfect film. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> it's like all the Japanese giant monster <laughs> movies of its era kind of wrapped up in one film. It really film. is. The only one. Well, that one. Sorry, go Chad. I was going to say that that film is uh, is sort of notorious because I think it was the one that was shown the most. Like most people back in a certain era were most familiar with that particular yeah. movie because mm-hmm. it was run to death on television. Well, it played in theaters because I'm pretty sure I saw it in a theater as a kid. Wow. Actually, that's he. Actually, you know what? Don's right, Rob. I actually remember that thing being advertised in the theaters uh, mm-hmm. in London. You're uh, that kidding. one rep theater we had actually was running it. Huh. The New Yorker, I believe it was called. Yeah, the New Yorker, but the New Yorker was a repertory cinema. Yeah, but it also played like weird stuff on the side. I remember oh, okay. driving because I remember as a kid driving by it in a car and seeing that poster and going, "Wait, there's a Godzilla film playing here." Yeah, yeah, because that and Terror of Mecha Godzilla. The only Godzilla actually. movie I remember ever seeing. Uh, what a coincidence, Don, actually. Terror Mechagodzilla, or Godzilla versus the Bionic Monster, as I think it was called. Yeah, like... like That was the only one I actually saw TV ads for as a kid. That's the only one I actually remember theatrical ads for. Okay. Because that and Mech, uh, Godzilla versus Megalon were, were, ac- were shown around here. And I do mm. remember the TV ads in that, because I was living on Campbell. Hmm. I guess your TV was just cooler than mine. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, okay, so that's, yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalon would definitely be mine. I mean, there's, you know, there's a couple others. I have a soft spot for Reptilicus, yeah. too. Um, although I classified under my awful <laughs> giant monster movie category. Sorry, oh, it's dude. awful. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> um, so there's that one. You know, Godzilla's Revenge and Son of Godzilla, I just never liked. I never liked them as a kid, and I still don't like them today. Although, um, <laughs> if you see the Japanese version of Godzilla's Revenge... It's mm-hmm. not that bad. Okay. Wait, you took the What's time the, to watch the Japanese version of Godzilla's Revenge? Yeah, I've got, I was picking up uh, those those guys doing, what was it, the Master Edition for the Godzilla films? Where you'd right. get, like, the original Japanese version and then the American version. And that's, mm-hmm. one, that, that's one they did. And, and, yeah, if you see it, I think probably because the English one had such goofy voices for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the kid was irritating, and Minya talked like he had some kind of like birth defect or something. So. <laughs> Does Minya still talk in the Japanese one? Ah, uh, you know I can't remember if he. I 
Yeah, he does, but he's voiced by a woman. Is actually, it? Yeah, I think it is because I can remember like a weird kind of voice that it wasn't as annoying as <laughs> "I'm a monster" yeah, voice that he had in the English one. <laughs> yeah, he was basically goofy. Yeah, in yes, the he was one. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The only thing that was missing is he didn't say "garsh" <laughs> at any point. <laughs> I could totally oh. see that. <laughs> Okay, so I think asking Don about the awful giant monster movie he loves is probably a pointless question. So I think we should just move on. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'll answer. <laughs> okay, Don. I'll answer. Okay, Cause, go. Because both of you are going to go, oh, yeah. And okay. I remember this one. This is, there, there's, I have two stories associated with it. And that okay. is Inframan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you should ever find yourself okay. trapped in a block I of ice, the okay, go. sixth rockets. What are your two stories? Yeah, the first one was um, we I used I got the uh, a catalog for a place called Cosmic Connections back in the day, and they they imported mm-hmm. Japanese model kits. I saw the ad in a in a comic book, and I remember ordering specifically, hoping that they had a model of that spider monster. Mm-hmm. And then back when I was in a uh, university, me and Tim went. They had a, a showing. Of Inframan mm-hmm. at like an actual theater, and he'd never seen it. So he said, "We have to go." <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's a different movie when it's a story high. <laughs> <laughs> Not a better movie, just a different one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but there's such a there's such a wonderful energy to that movie. Like they just that movie just barrels forward with like yep. without yeah. a care of the world. It's awesome. And it's it's so weird, and the monsters are weird, and the fight scenes are weird. Well, it's trying to incorporate a whole Ultraman series into one single Hong Kong film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also so bizarre. I'm amazed that no one's ever done like a like a parody dub of it because it it would so but what easily would you change. Work. Oh, easy! You change it into a. It's about a a superhero that works at a record company, and these evil disco monsters <laughs> get unearthed by accident. And, and run amok. Holy crap, that would work. <laughs> that would be perfect. Because it's like one step away from that anyway, yeah. <laughs> Chad's been thinking about this, I can I tell. <laughs> it's my pet project. <laughs> Inframan. <laughs> like like seriously, there's a there's a shot of the bad guys. Yeah, like the bad guy monsters are all sitting there. All kind of waving around and dancing. I'm like the only, yeah. The only thing missing is the ABBA soundtrack in the background. Like it's crazy. Well, you know what the opening theme would be? Super Trooper. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys have ruined it for me. <laughs> wow, oh, that is pretty awesome, actually. If I had the time, energy, and interest, I would totally do that. This needs to happen. <laughs> Quick, to Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to redub Inframan. Oh, okay. Um, besides that, so let's move on to the next question then. Um, well, hold on. He had two, Rob. Oh, sorry. That's the right. There was oh, story. That, okay, that was the idea that uh, – that was the what made me order the uh, Cosmic Connections catalog was that I had seen it like a week before and I desperately wanted a model kit of that spider monster thing. And did they actually have one in the Cosmic Connections catalog? Oh, but you said there was a second film, oh, no, just though, wasn't second, there? Two stories, because I... then... Oh, two stories. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yep. 
<laughs> All right, so then let's move on. Although I admit Inframan is truly awesome. And if anyone has not seen it, they absolutely should go out and find a copy. There's probably a copy on YouTube yeah. or Daily Motion, one of the two. Actually, I've been discovering recently that Daily Motion has a ton of old movies on it, especially like B films and such. Right. If, you, if you're ever looking for a movie you can't find on YouTube, go check Daily Motion. Hmm. Actually, so does YouTube. You just have to know how to, yeah, where to look. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. They're kind of buried. Sometimes, but I'm finding more and more that if I'm looking for something a little more obscure, it's more likely to be on Daily Motion than YouTube. Actually, I get a lot of stuff like on Studio Disc right off Amazon. There's it's amazing too. what people have been putting out on disc. You know, I think there's like an Inframan special collector's disc. Yeah, I've there? got the uh, import from Hong Kong for mine. But I remember a few years ago, some Inframan fans actually put out a special DVD of it, like a restored DVD. I don't think Blu-ray, but like some kind of special disc right. version. I shall have to go look for that. <laughs> yes, you should. Hmm? Because uh, Inframan is one of those ones that, yeah, I should definitely see again. I haven't seen it in many years. And yeah. yeah. It brings together all the best elements of Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films and Ultraman and all in one yep. film. Okay. So speaking of which, besides that, what do you think the future of giant monster movies is, Don? Uh, property damage and a lot more stuff from Japan. Okay. Because the last time we tried that, uh, prior to the last Godzilla movie, it kind of went over, but sort of didn't. And that was Pacific Rim. Right, yeah, which did okay. Um, we just learned actually yesterday that Pacific Rim 2 is either on hold or canceled, apparently. Yeah, because they were going to do like three of them right out of the gate. And then I don't think audiences here quite knew how to take it. And mm -hmm. that's why they said, well, it's got like property damage and that's cool. But I don't know what the rest of it. Yeah, I know, which is a truly sad day. But the legendary Godzilla did yeah. well. So apparently they're doing another Godzilla. And apparently they're also doing a Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, that'll take up like about three minutes of movie time. I I hope <laughs> the heroes all have kids that they're trying to get to go to sleep. Because I know I'd love to see two hours of that instead of monsters fighting. Yeah. That'd be great where they go like, look, it's Godzilla and King Kong. And the guy turns where? And they're already gone. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well i know they were supposed to do two more godzilla movies and was or is the is the king kong versus godzilla like part of that it I might be actually i don't know there is the legend of king kong which is the thing that that leads up yeah. to that fight right and i thought they were um, doing skull island i thought it was called i thought it was the legend of kong i can't remember what it's called now but yeah there is a king kong movie mm -hmm. coming out which then segues into king kong versus godzilla so apparently he's a much bigger kong than we're familiar yes. with lightning apparently yeah lightning there we go solves everything <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah it's hard to say i mean don's right i think the, the most of it you're going to see is going to come out of japan like it's just this genre that is so specialized over here it's it you know what i mean like it'll It'll kind of make little appearances here and there, but it's not like something that, like, say, zombie movies, which you know, have kind of ingrained themselves as a, mm. as a big genre. Also, partially because yeah. they're cheap to produce, right? And people right. love them. Well, I mean, these days people love CGI disaster porn, right. and what does better CGI disaster porn than a giant monster movie? Yeah, but the problem is we're also hitting this sort of point now where every kind of disaster thing you've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many mm, ways true. you can show 
buildings toppling over that people go, well, I saw that already in that movie with the rock where there was the big earthquake, right? Like, mm, this true. is what I mean, where you, you sort of reach this point of like, well, what else do you do with it? And right. I can see audiences here get kind of well, sick of it. I know. I have a solution. What we're going to do is we're going to combine giant monster movies and superhero movies. And we can get there's this guy who's like red and he grows to a giant monster size and he fights them. <laughs> and that'll be the that'll be the future. And maybe you know, we can have Godzilla versus this guy and we'll call him uh, what's a good name for him? Mega Man. There we go. Mega <laughs> Man versus Godzilla. That's what I think the future yeah. is. <laughs> but you know I'm Colossal I, Man. Muscle Man. But you know, I'm only half joking. Right. Because A, there isn't a certain nostalgia for Ultraman, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like yeah. that. And B, I really do think that they're going to try. I mean, superhero movies, giant monster movies, at this point, it's almost a natural fit. Well, they are, but remember, the, the superhero stuff is it's very much its own self-contained thing. Like, you don't see a lot of what I would refer to as crossover material. Mm -hmm. The closest thing we've gotten to a crossover thing would have been Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know does a little bit of uh, space opera stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost its own little yeah. weird, I, again, it's its own little weird genre that it's tough to break into just because I guess audiences here maybe just don't care on mass. Well, I don't know. It's mm. the sort of thing like, um, the problem with Ultraman nostalgia here and somebody doing like an American Ultraman again, shudder is the idea that mm -hmm. if you feel nostalgic for Ultraman, it's still coming out in Japan you can find it on the internet and there's like 30 years of it that you never saw that was already done. So you can satisfy that. I mm. Actually, Don, you just tapped into something there as well is the, the fact that again, with Ultraman specifically, remember we have a, I, I guess in North America, what you could call a, a, an effect snobbery mentality, which is, well, no one dresses up in yeah. suits. That's stupid. Because remember when they did that Ultraman series here, that last one, it was almost done oh, like a joke. Ultraman mm. powered? Yeah. I think that was the one, yeah. That was the American one they did in the late 90s, and it kind of sucked. Oh, oh no, wait. I think he's talking about Ultraman Tiga, where they gave it basically a joke dub. Oh. Kind yeah. of. Which sucks, because Ultraman Tiga is probably my favorite Ultraman series, and if you take it straight, it's actually a really good yeah. one. Well, that was the time it came out, too, like... I, I do think that, that Chad's right, that I don't know if I'd call it snobbery as much as inertia, that you get used to certain things in a certain way, because it does make sense that the disaster porn is popular. We've seen every disaster you can, except a giant monster shows up and does something. So it would make sense, but mm -hmm. for some reason, nobody's been able to make that leap where you produce like the Western giant monster movie that everybody just loses fluids over huge. Right. Maybe that will be Godzilla versus Kong. I have my doubts. Because yeah. even... I do, even too. Even, like, the, the, the remake of Kong, the, the, the eight-hour-long one there, it did pretty good, mm -hmm. but it didn't do, like, huge good, and that, that right. was very American all around. Right. Like, it's... Um, actually, I thought, I thought that thing performed well. It just critically, it wasn't liked. Yeah, it... it, it it did well, but it, it didn't, like, mm -hmm. blow everybody's mind. And for the money they spent, mm. it would have to have done damn well for them. Like, that's why it took so long for them to contemplate a sequel. And only by pairing right. him up with, with after, like, the Godzilla thing came out and that did okay. And they said, oh, maybe there's a market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's almost this kind of, well, we'll, 
we'll make more giant monster movies, but with the recognizable stuff. Like no one after Pacific Rim is going to take a chance and come up with something that yeah. no one's seen before. That's true. Yeah. Because now they're going to get paranoid that it'll get it'll get compared to like a Pacific Rim yeah. or whatever. You know, so it's it, right I, again. It's I think it's just a different flavor that people have attached onto here. Yeah, it, you know, and. Because at the same time, what's weird is Jurassic World came out and made a gazillion. Yeah, bucks. but it's it's again, it's that that dinosaur idea that that mm. people can kind of. Well, they were kind well, of for real, now. Remember, so the next can... generation of dinosaurs are going to be so. The next generation of the next Jurassic World movie. Remember, the dinosaurs will be all these like genetic creations that will be more like monsters than dinosaurs. Yeah, and I wondered if if that goes over, if that would be your bridge. That after that, you could then look at doing a proper. American kaiju film because everybody would then have their in by saying, "Oh, well, it's just like Jurassic Universe, so that's okay." Yeah, you're right. It almost needs this weird thing. Yeah, because that was it. right. Uh, when you look at Pacific Rim, uh, the thing that, mm-hmm. that has always kind of blown my mind about reviews of it is that everybody kept saying it was a stupid movie, and it wasn't. Everything with that happens makes perfect sense within the film. Mm-hmm. But first, it was like people were trying to find reasons to not like it. Yeah, and those same critics would turn around and go, "Yeah, but Transformers that was okay." Yeah, you and know, that's what, really? and that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. That it's 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 like um, snobbery, maybe, but again, inertia. That this is something that's a little different from what they're used to, and they don't have that psychological in that will let them go. Oh, it's like this, and then you could you know get on with the actual flick. Hmm. Yeah, it's again. I think when uh, to build again on what you just said, Don. It's because there's this sort of preconceived opinion of say kaiju movies from Japan, which is well, they're goofy and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to take them seriously. It's it's tough to then sort of try and create an American version of that because the audience has already got this preconceived opinion going in. I mean, it certainly it certainly had that with Pacific Rim because yeah, as you said, a lot of people are like, oh, it's mm-hmm. so silly. Right when it's like it's no less silly than any other of these yeah. friggin' movies coming out. Like again, but um, I, you know where I could see them doing well would be uh, if you take a spin on the subject matter uh, and do something kind of outside of the norm with it. And I'll give you an example of, of an idea I always thought would be really cool. Uh, is you do it um, an old uh, ship faring setting, like like old gal, like old. Uh, uh, Spanish galleons and whatnot, and there's a team of people that literally go out and kill sea monsters to keep uh, shipping routes open. Hmm. Huh. Like something like that, where it's like it's it's different enough that they can't attach anything to it. Going, oh, it's just like a Godzilla movie, right. huh, huh, whatever. Right. You know, it's you know if they yeah, it's the idea of that. Oh yeah, when they back in the day when they had to you know those those old scrolls and old maps you see where they have big monsters on. Well, those are all real. But there was guys that would specifically go out and kill them to uh, huh. keep the roots clean. So make it period giant monster movies. Something to just throw it in there as a, as, as a sort of a, a spin on it where people can't sort of, um, you know, approach it with, eh, we've seen this already and I already have a bit of opinion of right. it and it's not good. Right, huh. yeah. Okay, yeah, that would be a spin. Okay. Well, actually, that's that kind of segues into my uh, last question that's on my list anyway. I mean, if you guys have other questions, we can continue. But um, so, Chad, what would be your dream giant monster movie that hasn't been made yet then? Would that be it? 
<laughs> I was going to say that one. <laughs> yeah, okay, there we go. I think we covered it nicely. Um, I, I actually have always thought what would be fun uh, is in the vein of those like, you know, uh, Sharktopus type movies was to create like a series of these kind of like giant monster straight to video things and have it culminate in a destroy all monsters team up type deal. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be pretty fun. Okay. I can see that. I'm amazed that Roger Corman actually hasn't thought <laughs> of this yet. Well, they kind of did. That's why they do the team up oh. movies with like Sharktopus versus Giant Pranadon or whatever. <laughs> right, but what I'm saying is, yeah, para, or a Pranadactyl. <laughs> but the the thing was is there that uh, they're all again. It's that same American approach, which is it's yeah. a one off, right? You know, the the monsters either end up killing each other or one kills the other one, and that's that's kind of it. Um. Whereas what I'm saying is, I think that's, the again, the key difference with the Japanese stuff is that because the monsters are treated like these kind of almost like uh, embodiments of nature, mm-hmm. you can just have them. Yeah, of course, they just kind of come back. Right. Right. Interesting. Um, okay. So, Don, how about you? Um, I think what I, just because I'm a completist, I'd like to see some of the old, like, Godzilla's and Gamera films that didn't get made that they were planning. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... Gamera versus Gara Sharp would be good. Uh, That'd be Godzilla great, versus the Devil. I would have liked to have seen. That would have been impressive. Uh, yes. Actually, you know what uh, movie I always wish they they would have made a sequel to because it, it really would have it was easy to do was uh, War of the oh, Gargantuas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I I always had in my mind what would be so cool as a sequel to that would be like what happens when those the gargantua cells, which then grow into new monsters. And depending on what environment they're mm. in, they change. Mm-hmm. Like what if like all those cells just got loose all over the world. And so you get like an Arctic gargantua and like a tropical gargantua and, mm-hmm. you know, and there's almost like this, this sort of, uh, it's like, a, it's like an right. apocalypse set mm-hmm. where these, these things keep like popping up and it's almost like, yeah, it's like this, this Armageddon of these these things that are just kind of going berserk all over the world. Ooh, ooh. And the last remnants of humanity can live in this city <laughs> with giant walls. <laughs> and uh, uh, they can, like, have this gear that lets them swing around like Spider-Man. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I think your idea is awesome. Been, yeah. I don't think that's been done before. Although that would be a good way to do your uh, series of movies that culminates with the big showdown between all the monsters. Mm, true. Mm, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, for me, I would have to say probably Godzilla versus Gamera. Ah. I think a real mm. final Godzilla versus Gamera movie would be awesome. Mm. That's the one they should be making, not Godzilla versus Kong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although I think that one's going to have to come out of Japan. Oh, yeah. Of but I think we will. I think we will see Godzilla versus Gamera in our yeah. lifetimes. I bet we yeah, will. once uh, Toho and... Uh... Die are both bought by Disney. It'll be easy. Exactly. <laughs> then they can fight Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, it's funny. I was thinking to myself, the only other thing that way you could actually have giant monsters come back here is that if you embrace the like what people's preconception is, which is to make it right. purposely campy. Mm. Like I could almost see like stuff aimed more towards kids. Right. And then you get a sort of a, uh, a, that's kind of the way maybe it might come back. Um, I could see something like almost a Pixar giant monster movie. Yeah, see, that would be a way to do it too, right? Like Big Hero 6, except they're really big heroes. (laughs) 
But that's what I mean. Yeah, like you almost did like a, a Big Hero 6 take on Ultraman. That would be fine. In fact, that's the kind of thing that would 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 get it started. Mm, I agree completely. Um, I think I think the, the, the problem will arise is when you try and hit this thing seriously. Yes. Like the, you know what I mean? Just because people's, people's sort of opinions of it are not good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you almost need some sort mm. of bridge. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just such a high concept. I think that a lot of people just, it's that extra level of fantasy. So I think they have trouble swallowing it as adults anyway. Eh, I, I, I think it, I'd still go, I don't think you're wrong, but I think again, it's, it's inertia because, mm-hmm. um, you had a generation that wasn't really exposed to too much of that. Although mm-hmm. now that they're doing like the power Rangers movies, we'll get the dark gritty power Rangers. And that might be a sidewaysedly way of getting that kind of done. Yeah, they're already producing it, if I remember right. I think we're going to see it for, like, end of this year or beginning yeah. of next. <laughs> so we'll see how that one goes. Probably not very well, but we'll And then we'll they see. can fight Matthew Broderick. But that would be too much, Ooh. man. That would be a true horror <laughs> film. I was going to say, I thought, I thought you'd want to scare kids. <laughs> ah, screw the kids. <laughs> well, and then... <laughs> Actually, I, I, thought, I actually thought about that with Gamera is the way you would bring them over here would be, again, to make almost like a Disney right. show out of them. Mm. Uh, to make it not so serious where it's, you know, you almost embrace kind of the silliness of the character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's, you know, that, that I could see that being a yeah. way to do it. In a way, yeah. Well, that's kind of what the Gamera like, the Little like Brave it. was, wasn't it? No, it was pretty straightforward. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's because of his design in that movie because he kind of looks mm-hmm. kind of rounded and mm-hmm. cute, um, but no, it's a straight ahead monster movie. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, um, but, but but something maybe along those lines where yeah, like you you really introduce the sort of uh, it's certainly I'd say the less the or sort of the least horrific of a lot of the Gamera movies because they can <laughs> get pretty dark, right? Yeah, oddly enough, for for kids films like I think Rob, you and I have discussed this before where it's like yeah. They were like bloodier than any Godzilla movie yeah. of the same time. Oh yeah, monster blood everywhere. Yeah, it was weird. The monsters are kind of eviscerate <laughs> each other, but uh, but I, I think that might be a route to go. Perhaps I don't know. I, I just can't think of any other way to to sort of. You almost have to embrace like that 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 people's kind of bad right. opinion of it, and and do a little bit of a spin yeah. to make it more acceptable. Okay, well, on that note, I'm afraid I'm going to have to bring this meeting to a close. Um, but um, I think that that's actually a good spot to stop. So thank you, Chad, for your uh, for gracing us again with your presence. And for, oh, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, and um, it's been awesome to talk giant monster movies with you because obviously you have a great love for them just like Don and I do. <laughs> and thanks, Don, for sharing your memories as well of giant inframen. <laughs> And on that note, good night, folks. And um, remember, when a giant monster movie comes to your neighborhood, go see it. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more or join the conversation, come visit us at ObeyTheDNA.com. You can also find us on iTunes or whatever fine podcast site forgot to lock their back door. So until next time, remember that to master the nerdly arts takes time, practice, and enough Coca-Cola to drop a rhino. See ya!